The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. One is Mark and John's the other. They're just friends. They are not lovers. It's two old queens. It's two old queens. They're just sassy, not that mean. Two old queens. It's two old queens. Now shut up. Hello. Welcome to Two Old Queens. I'm John Flynn. I'm Mark Rennie. Oh, Mark, there's a song in my heart. Please let everyone know who is joining us today. I don't think that's unusual that there's a song in your heart. But anyways, they're an actor and writer and co-host of the podcast, Podcast The Ride. It's Jason Sheridan. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, really efficient. Get right into it, huh? We don't have any fiddle faddle. No banter. No No banter. Nothing that people would just skip through anyways. Sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jason, are you a fan of the movie musical as a form? Uh, I am a fan of the movie musical. Yeah, I know you guys have done a few now at this point, yeah. right? You had Zach and Jess do Meet Me in St. Louis. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I do like the movie musical. Although my my way into today's show was, of mm. course, like so much of uh, culture that I know uh, through a uh, theme park. So... <laughs> Is there a ride for this uh, movie somewhere? Some theme park I don't know about? So there there were elements of Singing in the Rain at the classic, at, at the original iteration of Disney's MGM Studios. Oh, there, okay. uh, there was uh, an animatronic Gene Kelly in the great movie ride. What was he doing? Like... He's, he's on, on the lamppost. Or? He's on the lamppost oh, okay. doing singing with in the, the umbrella doing Singing in the Rain. And they they use a lot of the big set pieces in like the the line footage and then in the ending montage. And then as a very weird 12 year old, I was very excited by the singing in the rain photo op on the streets of America, <laughs> which was an umbrella like bolted into a lamppost and you could hit a like stomp on a thing that would activate the rain and you'd That's get your- cool. Yeah, that is fun. But was yeah, it yeah. during the day? Did it like register? Um, it registered a little. <laughs> 
that it, yeah, it might have registered more. I, I, that was a big um, thing in the ride. The narrator on the ride would go, and of course, water doesn't often show up well on the film. <laughs> so really, they had to mix in milk. So Gene Kelly was really singing in the milk. <laughs> and just, it's just burrowed into my brain for years. I've also heard milk. that that's not true. Yeah, I don't know how much. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, if you can't trust a the great fact. movie ride. Yeah. What can you trust? I mean, I've been betrayed before, you know, <laughs> didn't they used to have like a, I never was able to go on that ride. I've never been to Orlando. Okay. You got it out of me, but didn't they used to <laughs> have on that ride, like a alien, like a xenomorph? Yeah, there was, sure. there I, was, I don't know why I know that, but I knew that a full animatronic xenomorph coming at you. And there was a terrified uh, Sigourney Weaver with a flamethrower. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Down the what hall. like yeah. a jarring tonal shift this ride. You're it, singing in the rain, then you're dodging acid blood. Well, and the the one of the Busby Berkeley musical, there was a sequence of like all the, the dancers. Uh-huh. That was early on. And then you had uh, James Cagney in there okay. as gangster Did raiders. He, was he, was mm-hmm. he, he wasn't like putting a grapefruit in a woman's face? On the no, ride. it wasn't. Did it have a little grapefruit just juice squirting at you in the ride? No, no. I wish it had been the finale, and it would have been screaming "Top of the World, Ma!" and like <laughs> everything blows up. And everything blows up. Did it go chronological or just like a mishmash, like genres? It, it did kind of go chronological. So I mean, the park was a joint venture between Disney and MGM. MGM, right, I, I think the MGM library who owns that now? Warner Brothers. A lot of it's on Warner Brothers. So. Mm. Um, they, uh, uh, you know, it, it largely went chronologically. You got a lot of classic movies. Wizard of Oz is in there. Of course. Um, I mean, it's no great movie ride without Wizard of Oz. No. Uh, Clint Eastwood um, and John Wayne are in there for the Western section. Alien, I think, Alien and Raiders were the more recent things. Uh, <laughs> so that park opened, you know, in the late 80s. So. How do we make this for people other than grandmas? Right. They were probably thinking. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it the agreement ended, uh, you know, they, they it was expensive to license all that MGM stuff. And sure. the great movie ride got a few more years uh, of life uh, because of Turner Classic Movies. Uh, helped with the licensing and there would be some Robert Osborne like interstitials where he would tell you facts about movies in between the live host. So the great movie ride, I believe is how Martin Scorsese refers to MCU movies. (laughs) He does. I mean, yeah, he, he, Described what did he call it? like audio visual like, like theme park attractions theme park attractions theme park or attractions entertainment which I didn't think like I don't know that he's that far off either. I don't like, think he's wrong necessarily right, yeah because no. it's exciting like while it happens but then afterwards you think nothing of it yeah it can it's be like a like sugar that. rush right yeah yeah or or it's all you think about <laughs> this is or you obsess yeah. <laughs> But even something like Spider-Man No Way Home, it was just like, it's fun to see like the cameos and stuff. But like, once you, after you saw that, you're like, wow, all that scene in like Happy's boring apartment were sure cool. You know what I mean? Like, this is the <laughs> texture of the world we're in, this awful apartment. Yeah, that um, there was a lot of stuff in that um, uh, two and two, <laughs> in that New York yeah. <laughs> restored Hudson Yards or whatever loft apartment. We spent so much time <laughs> in that goddamn apartment. Speaking of Hollywood, Oh, is that what we're today? We've already mentioned it, and you've probably read the episode description. <laughs> today, we're talking singing in the rain. John, what's the deal with singing in the rain? Mark, 
Let Me Tell You the Deal with Singing in the Rain. It was directed and choreographed by Gene Kelly and Stanley Donnan with a screenplay by Betty Comden and Adolph Green. And a silent movie star falls for a chorus girl just as he he and his delusionally jealous screen partner are trying to make the difficult transition to talking pictures in 1920s Hollywood. It stars Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds, Gene Hagen, Millard Mitchell, Rita Moreno, and Sid Charisse. It premiered on March 27, 1952 at Radio City Music Hall, made $7.2 million off a budget of $2.54 million. The film was only a modest hit when it was first released. However, it is now often regarded as the greatest musical film ever made and one of the greatest films ever made. Pauline Kael said of the film, this exuberant and malicious satire of Hollywood in the late 20s is perhaps the most enjoyable of movie musicals, just about the best Hollywood musical of all time. Roger Ebert plays Singing in the Rain on his great movies list, calling the film a transcendent experience and no one who loves movies can afford to miss it. It was nominated for two Oscars, Gene Hagen for Best Supporting Actress and Best Music Scoring of a Musical Picture. Donald O'Connor won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical, and the film was also nominated for Best Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical. It topped the AFI's Greatest Movie Musicals list and is ranked as the fifth greatest American motion picture of all time. And in 1989, Singing in the Rain was one of the first 25 films inducted by the United States Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry. And that is the deal with Singing in the Rain. Wow. So, Jason, we asked you to pick a movie. Why Singing in the Rain? Uh, why Singing in the Rain? Okay, so, yeah, this was, uh, like I said, uh, uh, I, I gained a lot of my initial, like, knowledge of classic movies and stuff from that Disney MGM Studios park. Simultaneously, I'm, like, a 10-year-old doing school, like, plays doing uh -huh. school musicals <laughs> and summer theater camp and stuff. Mm. So I would go to Blockbuster and just whatever I could find on the shelf that were musicals, I would just rent or like whatever the high school kids were doing or the local community theater were doing, I would right. find the movie version of that. Um, but the MGM musicals and, and some of the bigger Warner Brothers musicals are were the easiest to find on VHS sure. at like your <laughs> local video stores. And With the hottest of properties, right. Yeah, and I, I think Singing in the Rain, I, I rewatched it the other day for this show. And it, it is a thing that uh, hit me at a very young age, but mm. I think has aged incredibly well, like um, similar to I Love Lucy, where it's surprisingly <laughs> modern. Like it's a lot of it still holds up and it's yeah. still like very entertaining. Uh, I'm just tickled by the idea of a young you going to the Blockbuster counter and asking for a copy of Ragtime. <laughs> I don't know ragtime. See, that's the thing. I either know stuff really well or I have just these giant blank spots. Like I don't Well the movie really Ragtime know. is not the musical. I don't know what it is. <laughs> All I know is I think Mandy Patinkin's in it. I so know there's a ragtime somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the movie version of Ragtime's just a version of the book? Correct. Ah, well, There's that's on me. 1776, that would have probably been a better one. There you go. That's a good one. There we that, go. But that, that I could see, Jason. I could see you doing that musical several times. Oh, I wish I had done 1776. My you chorus teacher pulled, I still can't. I, even better now. Yeah. Has that one aged well? I'm going to guess no, the politics no. of it. I will say this really? about 1776. You watch that musical. And so if you don't know, 1776 is about the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And of no. Course, we all know how it ends. But you watch even a halfway decent production of 1776 and halfway through the second act, you will find yourself thinking there's no way they're going to do it. They're not signing that declaration. 
there's too much uh uh there's too much it's not too much happen. strife People too much strife got... too many things in the way it is it's not it's one of those rare musicals that is has a great book and an okay but not exciting score like there's oh. no big hits from 1776 that's hard for me if there's not an exciting score it's hard for me to get on board with it's not bad but there's no like hits yeah got it. that so that one my course teacher i think was fond of and um thought oh it's got kind of a historical angle so if she was out sick or it was like a, a fun day would put on <laughs> 1776 and as a seven like a 12 or 13 year old i specifically remember the joke where like ben franklin is essentially telling one of them like uh, thomas jefferson's been working for days and his wife just got into town let's give them the night like you know there's <laughs> like a very corny there's one corny joke mm -hmm. in the movie of course it's going to be yeah. ben franklin yeah <laughs> did you have a favorite like musical like uh, you performed in um uh i performed in a lot of uh, these these musicals made for middle schools uh, mostly it. middle schools and elementary schools made by this company, Pioneer Drama Services, Inc., where there's like 30 speaking parts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> something for everyone. Something for everyone. There's Not enough. too much for anybody. Yeah, that, it's probably <laughs> too fun. many speaking parts, but then like six solos, because like every middle school has like the director's favorites and stuff. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so like there were ones that was like, there was one set in the 60s where I was like the small town cop in like a Woodstock kind of town getting flooded <laughs> with hippies. Um, uh, there was one that was very much a parody of like trying to make a Gone with the Wind kind of movie. Oof. Which that's like a, yeah, looking back, that's very strange. Um, uh, there was one that was a parody of the island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, uh, fun. Really fun uh, for a grammar school, high school to do. Yeah. I, the, but then uh, uh, the, the most notorious one that I, I have digitized and I've made a piece out uh, mm. on, on my podcast was called Kilroy Was Here. And I was a USO hypnotist who was actually a Nazi spy. <laughs> <laughs> wow so a 10 year old couldn't write that today <laughs> there's a whole thing about like a uso tap dancer there's usually one number for the single child who knows how to tap dance or soft shoe mm -hmm. this one involved a uso tap dancer tapping codes to nazi u-boats in oh. morse code via the tap dancing um so yeah yeah i don't know that you'd be doing like a show where like a quarter of the cast is actually Nazi spies <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but it's still available to license. Uh, and then in high school, we did the oddest collection. We did Camelot. We did MAME. Uh, we did Leader of the Pack, the Ellie Greenwich, like the jukebox yeah. musical, um, which is, I, I didn't know the full context of Singing in the Rain, that the Singing in the Rain is technically a jukebox musical of its yes, time. That's true. Um, None of the songs were originally written for, or maybe one or two were originally One or two of them, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, everything else were, it's pre like- Pre-existing songs, yeah. Pre-existing songs. And so it it's modern in the sense that it's like <laughs> a pastiche. Like it's like <laughs> reflecting on old Hollywood. It's, but due to the, the flattening of history, it all just seems like old Hollywood now, even though right. it's just like- <laughs> Yeah, sure. it's like I wonder if a hundred years now people like watch Moulin Rouge and like, yeah, Nirvana was around back then, <laughs> No, because it's all just time is flat now. Yeah. So is uh, Singing in the Rain your favorite movie musical? Uh, I think of movie musicals. Yeah, I'm, I'm also partial to the um, 
the music man uh man's a great musical great um, great show 76 trombones 76 trombones uh and the lead uh, is it robert preston is the lead? yeah that's um, right yeah he's from the last starfighter mm-hmm. yeah, that's right yep and victor he's victoria really great in that um as a kid i was also partial to guys and dolls the the marlon brando frank sinatra guys and dolls as an adult i am like this movie is so long like guys and dolls the movie just feels so long um but it's not uh, a great film adaptation but yeah no i i really like um there there's that um production uh they do sit down you're rocking the boat on the grammys from a few years ago with titus burgess i think it was the tony or, sorry, what I yeah, the Tonys. That's what I meant. Um, that'd be weird if they did it on the Grammys. Um, <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah, his mic starts to go out, and they run him a handheld mic, and he doesn't yep. miss a beat. He just nice. keeps going. That's a pro, a professional. He's a pro. That's a pro. Yeah. Eight times a week, he will give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. it sounds like you're a big fan of Singing the Rain, John. What are you bringing to Singing? Had you seen it before, John? <laughs> I had seen Singing the Rain before, Mark. Isn't that surprising? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember when I first saw Singing in the Rain. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's singing in the rain. What can you say? It's great. I don't remember the first time I saw it, much like it's something like a, a Wizard of Oz. I don't remember being like seeing it for the first time, uh, but it's great. I mean, I think it's, a, yeah, it is a, it's a, I think what it does while well, rewatching it, I was like, it does, it's really smart in how it's like in a musical, like it's hard to have a lot of plot in a musical because you have to like stop and do numbers so often. And so a lot of musicals are sort of thin on plot, which I think this one is. But the production, just like what they're giving, like all the stuff they're giving you that's not like full on production numbers is just, it's just, it's just like the, that classic Hollywood of like, here's million, not, well, I guess millions, but like just so much money, like the, the, the costumes, like yeah. you never put together a movie with that wardrobe budget that extreme ever again. And, you know, it's funny too, also watching it. Cause like there are certain things where you're like, you would probably give them some notes if they were making it today. Like, who is Sid Charisse? Why does she show up in this 10-minute ballet right near the end? And we don't know who this character is. But who cares? It's singing in the rain. It looks great. It's so much fun. Everyone's super charming and delightful. Uh, I love it. What can you say? How about you, Mark? What do you bring in at Singing in the Rain? I mean, I think I saw it for the first time like 10 years ago, maybe. (laughs) And then this was like the second time I've seen it. And it's a classic. It is definitely like a five out of five star movie. Everyone involved should be like extremely proud of everything. (laughs) But for Uh, me, it's just like not funny. (laughs) It's like not as funny as it thinks it is. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like all the hue, like compared to like Meet Me in St. Louis, like that is funny and has heart. Like Singing in the Rain, it feels like there's almost something Wes Anderson-y about it to me, where there's a clinical sterility to it all. Like it's so perfected and work over every frame that it almost feels sterile in a way. Like, I almost wish it would, Gene Kelly would loosen up a little. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's pretty stiff. I, I do think as, again, a very weird 12 year old, uh, probably um, a good sign in terms of um, what my impression of movies of like, this is what a man is. This is what masculinity <laughs> yes, is. Is yes. like Gene <laughs> Kelly, very, very polished, very put together, but then yes. could also, was a hell of a dancer. Uh, right. Great uh, dancer. Great dancer. Reading about him, not the worst Upsetting. guy, uh, but a little <laughs> upset. Was like a work, like an insane workhorse, very insecure, like a lot of actors, and yeah. kind of uh, mean, sure. seemingly. Yeah. Of course, married would go on to marry Stanley uh, Donnan's ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be awkward. 
Yeah, uh, his first marriage, of course, like so many people in Hollywood, was to a 17-year-old. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. That's what you like did back that's, then. Yeah, it's how he got an agent, I guess. Um, but his last marriage, he was 77, she was 30. Uh, it lasted until his death six years later, and she never remarried. Huh. Hmm. Well, Jason, as you may or may not know, we are looking for the gayest movies ever. So we have a complex and Byzantine scoring system with which to judge them. So we're going to go through a ton of categories. And at one point, you are going to come up with a category and it will be added, added to, to the, the wheel. wheel. Oh, great. Mean? Don't worry about it. It'll pay off later. Great. Um, so uh, this is, go ahead. Yeah, I, I went into this movie trying to see. Uh, I also went, I Googled uh, Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor of like, uh-huh. oh, were they, what was their personal lives like? And uh, Gene Kelly, a lot of the historic Hollywood blogs seem to begrudgingly go like, ah, he might've been bi, but they seemed like, they seemed <laughs> tight. They didn't seem amused by that fact. Like they didn't seem oh. like- like you mean like they were annoyed that he might have been not heterosexual or just like annoyed- Like it was disappointing? Like, he would, they, we know he was secretly gay. Like there were no good stories to go like. See, they seemed right. annoyed because there were no crazy days and nights kind of stories. And like, right. okay. if you Google I, I, a character we've come up uh, come up on podcasts or right a few times recently, Scotty Bowers. If you sure. uh, famous Hollywood, um, I don't know everything, uh, male sex <laughs> hustler, worker, yeah. hustler, yeah, yeah, yeah. pimp. There's nothing. Nothing really comes up with Gene Kelly and Scotty Bowers. Like we we had Mike had found out something on podcast right. Like there was a story Scotty Bowers in one of his books tells about Spencer Tracy, sure. where he goes okay. like Spencer Tracy didn't so much as suck a cock. He would chew on it, and it Ooh. was just like, whoa, no, what? <laughs> Spencer chew Tracy. On it. Chew on it. Like, Does we're like that metaphorically. Like, he would ponder it, consider it. Mark, it's <laughs> unclear. It could mean anything. Like, he did not go into Maybe specifics. Maybe he just really liked but, foreskin. Huh. I, I, yeah, he seemed like a weird guy, Spencer. What? Trip. He had a <laughs> lot going on. <laughs> wow. Well, speaking of top five actors, this is our current top five gayest movies ever. These are the current top five, the rankings. And number five, fifth, uh, in fifth place with an 89.70%. The Apple in fourth place with an 89.81%. The Rocky Horror Picture Show in third place with a 90.37%. Madonna, Truth or Dare. In second place with a 92.99%. The Bride of Frankenstein in number one, still reigning, seemingly unbeatable with a 94.83 female trouble. Okay. okay. Jason, if you had to guess now, how well do you think Singing in the Rain is going to do? You know, I think it comes in on the lower end for a movie musical. Okay. I I think it it would be gayer um, just because I feel like there's not a lot of, I, I think I was trying to think of like, oh, is there much chemistry between Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor? Like that's where I started thinking. And sure. I was like, yeah. I think they're, they give good performances, but I don't think there's like a lot of like chemistry between them necessarily. Gotcha. Well, let's find out. That will be applicable for our very first category. This is our <laughs> the canon category. So for these, we're each going to give the score between zero and a hundred. Then we'll take the average of all three of our scores. So Jason, what would you give Singing in the Rain on a scale of zero to hundred in actual gay characters? I think Donald O'Connor is more like a... a asexual like imp or something yeah he really yeah. has although he like have... flirts with a girl at a party right 
he, he flirts a little. Donald O'Connor might be another thing from this movie that burrowed into my subconscious as a kid. Of like every time there's the worst possible moment, he just shows up and makes the most cutting or catty remark. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I picked that up from somewhere and I I can't that see the shake Donald it. O'Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Bruce Valanche of the 1952. I think. Yeah, I I didn't think there was like many implied uh, gay characters. I, I thought think both vocal coaches, the diction coaches, definitely. I mean, okay. the diction coach. Hello, talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. chewing on a knob, right? <laughs> yeah, really getting those rounded. And tones. then there were also those three boys who loved the terrible movie. Like those That's three guys, true. I could see them like talking. They were about, going like, to Marie's crisis like after yeah. they saw that movie. To be like, they would be making Che Diaz jokes on Twitter if they were alive mm-hmm. today. That that's a good point. Um, there's one character very early on that uh, did register with me in like the mm. opening shots in the crowd, and he screen stands up and screams, oh, yeah. "Zelda, oh Zelda!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he he gave me the that seemed like the first on film representation of like a modern stand. Like a mo- sure, like yes. just an unhinged like oh do yes. not speak ill of Zelda he will yeah, yeah, kill yeah. you with a gun burn down your life yeah the tail like a ta- Taylor Swift fan of the day yes yes yeah or a, a Rita Moreno stand today sure <laughs> they are all over Twitter I don't yeah anyone else we think yeah so what do we think There's I mean no I think really. like Cosmo kind of is it's the Donald O'Connor part. But yeah, they don't come out and say it. Obviously. And he's not yeah. like particularly like swishy or anything. You know what I mean? No, I mean he's running up walls and doing backflips. But sure. Yeah, that seems more like <laughs> a acrobat. You know, that didn't. That seemed more circus performer to me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So what do you want to give it, Jason? On zero to a hundred, and actual gay characters. I guess like a twenty. Twenty. It seems like because because we're we're like getting the feel of like maybe there's something there, but nothing really sticks out. Yes. Sticks out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's obvious. I mean, like with any movie, if they were make it today, Cosmo would definitely be gay. But oh, uh, yeah. I think the two diction coaches, and I'm going to give a little bit for Cosmo. I'm going to go 30. 30. Um, I'll go 20. Given an average of, it's 20 it ended up being. How about that? That's Which is not possible. Uh, I mean, sorry, an average of 23.33. <laughs> Sorry, computer thing, <laughs> which is uh, one point higher than Waiting to Exhale, which had an actual out bisexual man. Oh, <laughs> all right. Our next category might make up some points here. Gay icons. Well, we Debbie, Reynolds. Debbie, Reynolds. Debbie, Debbie Reynolds. Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Rita Moreno. I'm going to give some points to Madge Blake, who played Anne Harriet in the Batman TV series, who was the announcer at the very top of the movie. Sure. Yes, that's right. Also, Kathleen Freeman, who was the female vocal coach. She is a gay icon. And Sid Charisse. what? Kathy Freeman. She's yeah. done like, um, she was in Hocus Pocus. She's done a bunch of stuff. She's like Hocus one of those Hocus. character actors who's been around forever. A bunch of Broadway shows. Uh, Sid Charisse, I remember hearing, uh, always hearing that her legs were insured for a million dollars. Again, if you if you cornered me at a family party, you were getting some weird anecdotes out of me. Like... Sounds like I have some family members who are like, he hasn't come out? Huh. I know. <laughs> Surprising. I think you're just like an all-encompassing trivia fan. You know, what I mean? it doesn't matter what yeah. region it is. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you know a lot about poppers. 
you know, just <laughs> or as a leather field of gear. interest or leather right. gear. I actually still no, that's kind of a blank software. I still don't really understand how poppers work. There's and, a great like, BuzzFeed investigative report about like it's pretty much one company makes poppers, and it's like this mm-hmm. straight man who just kind oh. of fell into it. They did an investigative report on the poppers industry. Look it up, BuzzFeed and, News. Surprisingly it, good. Is pop is pop uh, poppers are like salvia where it's like oh they are lead you can buy them just at yeah. the store. They're yeah. just sold okay, as yeah. like, well, they used to be sold as like VHS head cleaner. It's like a leather <laughs> polish, like nail polish yeah, yeah. remover. Leather oh, polish. okay. Yeah. They just have to, it can't be branded as like a sex party drug, you know? Right? Yeah. For some reason, but it's okay to clean a VCR. <laughs> uh, make that make sense. Uh, so what do you want to give this for gay icons? What about, is, uh, I guess like uh, Gene Kelly, not really, right? I wouldn't consider him like a gay icon necessarily. Neither would I. Yeah, seems like big hetero energy coming off Gene Kelly <laughs> for a star of so many musicals. Yeah, for such an, an incredible dancer. Um, right. He, he yeah. there is a sort of like a defensive sense of energy you feel like comes from him, probably. Well, he was. I was reading about his like views on dance, and it's all like we need to show that. Yeah, yes, dancing does attract effeminate young men, but it doesn't have to. Like you could be masculine and as if like there's something wrong with being effeminate. He seemed very uh, defensive. Yeah, and I, I, it de- definitely seems like a weirdo in that many uh, workaholics are weirdos, but right. doesn't give off yeah. the weird energy of a Fred Astaire. Like Fred Astaire, I don't know, just always gave me the willies. <laughs> More than Bing Crosby? I think Bing Crosby is creepier than Fred Astaire. I, Bing, Cro- I yeah, Bing Crosby just seems like an app. He has that Rat Pack kind of willies, I feel like. <laughs> But like sure. he seemed like he should have been in the Rat Pack, but it was just too boring for them. Yeah, he wasn't as cool. He wasn't nearly as cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, Jason, what do you want to give Signal in the Rain for gay icons? Yeah, we named a few. I, I'm going to go higher. I go maybe mm. like 50 percent. 50. I think you got Debbie Reynolds. You got Rita Moreno. And I also think um, but Rita you know, Moreno is like in one shot, though. It's not she's like in two scenes. She's like pivotal. If she didn't go and tell on uh What's her name? The the whole is she uh, Zelda? Yeah, she's Zelda. Yeah, she's Zelda. Oh. I think Lena Lamont herself, like that character, especially. Lena Lamont. Like a... I I think that Gene rewatching it, I thought Gene Hagen was very funny. She's it's funnier than Donald O'Connor. She, yeah, she is meant yeah. to be the comic relief. You know, <laughs> the she's I mean, nominated for an Oscar. Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn Batman character, <laughs> is essentially doing a Lena Lamont voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go eighty five. 85. Uh, I'll go 70. Okay. Given an average of 68.33, which is 3.33 points higher than total recall. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Our next category, the male gaze. How horny is the camera for the male form? What's tough and rewatching it, no, like having this category in mind, is that the fabrics of the time were so thick. Sure. That it's like hard to like. But maybe really... the hogs were as well, John. Perhaps. I will say this <laughs> Gene Kelly's pants and that whole Broadway rhythm section, that is an ass for the ages. Like those pants really showed off his butt and that big ballet with Cicerese. Call that a donkey because that's an ass for the ages. Thank you. <laughs> that Broadway melody. Do we need the, this? What is this doing? Uh, uh, you, that's you, the I, most Mark, boring I agree. part. You could one hundred percent cut that number because they're just like, oh, here's a here's the number we're thinking of staging for the show. And if you were to make the movie it has now, nothing to, to do with earlier, anything. They would like have made it thematically match with what Gene yeah. Kelly's character is dealing with, and like again, like Sid Charisse, she's incredible, but who is she? She's just in this Nothing. number. She doesn't represent like Debbie Reynolds or Lena Lamont. No. 
Like you're pitching this movie with your friend, then you don't even include your friend in the pitch. Uh, you oh, you mean uh, Donald O'Connor? <laughs> yeah, but he's not a performer. He's a musician. Make him laugh. He's not a performer. But like within the world of the movie, mm, he's not a performer. I see. Yeah, but even in it's it's almost dream sequency because it gets yeah, so yeah, totally abstract at yeah. the end with the the big um the giant face and that huge yeah, yeah, bolt of fabric. <laughs> yeah. It's like striking. It's like Blade Runner to me. Like it's visually striking, but boring. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's boring. Fair. I would say it was boring. I could skip that part every time I watch the movie. Every time. Every know, time. You're doing yourself a disservice. Those uh, were those the legs. A million dollars. Those were the parts <laughs> clipped for the montage uh, sequences in uh, when they're showing all big moments from the Great Movie Ride because it's got so many people. Well, because they are putting yeah. "Singing in the Rain" in the ride. I mean, "Singing in the Rain" is the iconic number from this movie, but you can't sure. put that in yeah. the clip preamble and then also see it in the ride. It seals its thunder. That's right. True. Yeah, and the and the opening where they're all singing "Singing in the Rain" is just so fast. It's like a <laughs> yeah. not even a minute. <laughs> We're singing in the rain. Catch up. This yeah. is the movie you're watching. So the male gaze. Well, they do have someone uh, faints over a hot guy. Some the lady faints when she sees Jean, Don Lamont. Uh, yeah, the guy, the guy singing "Beautiful Girl." He was handsome. He's very handsome. He's handsome. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably the fact of Gene Kelly directing and choreographing or co-directing and co-staging <laughs> makes himself look very good in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then makes him do, I'm going to do a 20 minute number that has nothing to do with anything. Just, but I'm great in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look at how good I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Once, once 1952 and it's about like the glory of the talkies and the movie musicals at MGM and made by MGM. Yeah, like they're it's they are patting themselves on the back. Pretty it's hard. very much <laughs> reminding me of like Argo at the Oscars. You yeah. know, like yeah. aren't movies important? <laughs> aren't movies wonderful? Those we hostages think We're so. Really, the heroes here. Yeah, stayed by the power of movies. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we want to get? What do you want to give Sick of the Rain in the male gaze? Uh in that I'll give it a sixty. 60, pretty steamy. Yeah, I think again his ass and Broadway rhythm. I gotta go, but for other times it's like he's always got a sweater on on top of his button down. But I'll go 73. 73. Uh, I'm going 30. You're not filing anything 30. away here in this bank bank. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, but all right, obviously, uh, it got an <laughs> average of 54.33, which don't worry is 1.33 points higher than Tremors. <laughs> okay, you got that, Fred Ward. <laughs> all right, our next guy are entrances with pizzazz. Oh, wow, oh, I, mean, I feel like there's I mean, a lot red, of those. That red carpet is constant with pizzazz, the and red... then the weird fashion show for no reason, the fashion show. <laughs> A fashion show, um, the red carpet. Uh, I really like the joke on the red carpet that no one gets to talk besides Gene Kelly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else just they don't just, want to hear that voice. God knows what their freakish silent movie voices sound like. They might all sound like <laughs> Lena. Um, and he 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 sidled, he is in a giant like coat and a big hat, and then he tells uh, to pull from wrestling terminology an entirely kayfabe story <laughs> he's got an entirely fake uh backstory yes uh, right. that was to, funny i did think that part yeah was funny nodding nodding to the insane like way that studios would just manage the the 
private lives, like the personal lives of yes. their stars. I did like when the the gossip reporter is like, let's hope she finds love this time. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, so personal to like broadcast on a like a sound system. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lena, Lena, uh, uh, Lamont, Gina Egan storms in a number of scenes. Yeah. No, she's always catching somebody in the act. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, what's her face? Debbie Reynolds bursts from a cake, like explodes yeah. out of yes. a cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also stuff in that dream ballet that Mark hates where Sid Charisse comes back. I'm not like alone turns. in hating that dream ballet. <laughs> there are many others like me. There's a lot of, I mean, it's a musical. So there's a lot of like, they really have a sense of like, at someone's, that- Who's who's here? There's a ton of that. <laughs> so what do you want to give this for entrances with pizzazz? Uh, I'm going to go high. I'm going to give it an 85. 85. I'm going to go 94. 94. Uh, I'll go 90. Give it an average of 89.67. Tying it with Scream 3 in entrances <laughs> with pizzazz. Okay. Wow. All right. Our next one, the Mike Pence anxiety scale. How much anxiety do you think this movie's given Mike Pence? I, I think he's sailing through this. The only thing I thought was the good morning number where it was two men and a woman spending all night together. I guess, but it doesn't look, you never believe like this is a real sexual situation or anything. I agree, but there is on paper. I feel like he might be that. made anxious by Lena almost stealing taking over the studio (laughs) with a like weird clause in her contract like the thought of this polished old white man might be forced out by this woman manipulating the american legal system (laughs) but she is presented as a villain in the movie so the movie would be on his side that's true and he gets to do the little like you know dancing like they they dance to do the the stage the curtain the, the he curtain, gets to yeah, yeah, yeah. do the curtain at the end <laughs> yeah I mean uh, that that part of uh, R F Simpson could be played by uh, absolutely yeah R F Simpson this might be the most sympathetic portrayal of this head of a movie studio <laughs> yeah. in any movie he looks so level headed and like he's makes all the right decisions yeah mm-hmm. he's a saint yeah he's nice to women. Right. Yeah, uh, the director comes off as, as a real- A like, lunatic. A lunatic, <laughs> a neurotic, <laughs> like he cannot catch a break, so. I mean, it's I, hard to be rational when you're wearing jodhpurs. He's wearing, so, he's wearing a lot of thick layers, yes. A lot of sure. thick layers. Now, normally to get an insight into Mike Pence's anxiety scale, I look at the Christian spotlight on the movies and see what they think about the movie, mm-hmm. but they did not review um, singing in the rain, but they did review Art of Racing in the Rain, which is that v- Milo Ventimiglia dog movie, okay. which they felt was offensive because it believed in reincarnation. Because okay. right. dogs that live good lives can come back as humans. Uh uh-uh, mm-hmm. a little too close no, to no. witchcraft. Well, Don Lockwood and uh, Kathy Selden are awfully chummy before they're before they get married, you know. Sure, true. They seem like in, in real life, Gene Kelly 39, Debbie Reynolds 19 when this nice. movie was made. So, I mean, he probably uh, wouldn't just like show business in general. Yeah, that's but he would true. probably like this version of show business that's so wholesome. A lot of tuxedos, a lot of suits yeah. and tuxedos. Yes. And, um, but no, like smoking or drinking. I don't even really, you know what I mean? It's not like a boozy a movie drinking, either. But yeah, yeah, a little bit. No one's like drunk ever. They're like toasting champagne occasionally, but that's it. Yeah. So what do you, what yeah. do you think, Jason, for the Mike Pence anxiety scale? I, I think it's pretty low on this one. Just probably 
by the nature of it being like a classic Hollywood, pretty square yeah. time in America, I'll, I'll say 30%. 30. I will give it a 25. 25. Um, I think this is like a five. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving it a five. Yeah. Um, giving it an average of 20 on the dot, which is uh, 10 points higher than to grandmother's house we go. Starting the Olsen case. <laughs> okay. All right, our next category, speaking of the Olsen twins, Hell on Heels. And by this one, we mean feisty women. I mean, well, Lena, Lena and her oh, boys. Lena. Hello. Yeah. And uh, Zelda, little toady. Oh. Yeah, little toady. Uh, Kathy Selden, for the chorus girl, Kathy Selden's got a backbone, like the whole move. Like she, yeah. what, what's her, her, her lowest quality is that like she occasionally buys fan magazines <laughs> and she has seen his movies. It turns out she told a little white lie. Mm -hmm. But out of pride. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think Lena, Kathy, Zelda, the vocal coach, Phoebe Dinsmore. also in her number. She's not taking any guff. But she doesn't yeah. speak. She's in heels. And she's <laughs> but dancing she's not like hell. hell. She's almost like an angel, though. She's like divine. You don't understand dance, Mark. That is your problem. You don't think yeah. she's... I think she's like beautiful. And like, oh, yeah, she looks so lovely. in hell on heels. Those she's very beautiful. But she never but... puts his heels on his chest and like forces him back into a chair. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> She's no. not like, let me put you in, in, the, in your There's place. no spike on that heel. She's not you know drawing I mean? blood with those heels. Yeah. I, you but know what I mean? She's making men's heart race. Come on. Yes. But she's not making them like twirl around her finger. Right? You know what I mean? She's definitely his partner. <laughs> she's, but she's like the big city temptress. She's like the gun ball. And he's yeah. a tempted. He's a rube. <laughs> he's a rube right, right off the bus. This. You keep skipping this number, Mark. You don't, you don't know what happened. I remember the visually great compositions great camera compositions mm -hmm. in this uh section but emotionally i don't know what's happening or why and who cares but it's a great <laughs> screensaver <laughs> i mean it's a great uh you know uh phone background so what do you want to give this for hell on heels i'll give it a 90 for that 90 yeah i'm going uh 92 92 uh i'll go 90 Given an average of 90.67, which is nine points higher than the House of Yes. All right. Mm. All right. Our next one, A Chosen Family. What are we doing on Chosen Families and Singing in the Rain? I, Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor are like, a, they're like a trio, you know? Definitely a trio. Yeah. I think definitely they're like little... Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor have sort of like decided to be like brothers. Of, you know what I mean? Like Aren't they, they just like creative like partners? But they like started out together. They seem like they're, it seems like no one's getting hired without the other one. But I don't think that's an, I feel like a chosen family has to be like over four, four or five. You know what I mean? There has <laughs> no, to be able to, okay. there has to be like, wow. has to be able to have like splinter groups and like roles. Like who's the mom? Who's the, you know what I mean? Like I think of Pose, you know what I mean? Where it's like the one woman's <laughs> apartment and everyone comes around her, you know, sure, there's different sure. roles within it. And if you're not able to break into those roles, then it's just like a partnership. I'm not saying there's lot, not love and you know respect there, right? right. I think you could reach a chosen family and add RF into like That's a quad true. into four. He's he's kind of like a grandfatherly or a fatherly like right. You know, That's true. Especially I say when a film they... crew, a film set crew, is a bit of a chosenish family. That's true. That's true. A chorus girl, yeah. a chorus girl dressing room, definitely. <laughs> what that? That's when you think of support. I got your back. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think especially once they commit to saving the uh, uh, um, the movie, they 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 become 
more like a family and in in the and even Debbie Lee, Reynolds is like putting the movie up, up ahead of herself ahead of herself and it's like and don't tell don't tell mom don't tell right. Lena we're doing this <laughs> I see. don't tell Doesn't mom who's not taking know. her medication like she's supposed to mm-hmm. <laughs> so mom and dad are getting divorced but the kids are on dad's side and right the, and grandpa's on dad's side mom doesn't know yet but, this but is mom doesn't happen. know everyone else in the family knows that dad's divorcing <laughs> this is mom our last christmas we're leaving together. her yeah yeah <laughs> No, really. I want to see Singing in the Rain from Lena's point of view. Where's that movie? Yeah, that's a good point. The yeah. Wicked of Singing in the Rain. Sure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having my say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they do kind of make her a fool and then ruin her life. Uh, yeah, know? they publicly <laughs> humiliate her. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was being, but, uh, she was being a, bitch. a pill. Yeah, she, she was pretty mean. Yeah. And see what happens mm-hmm. to women who speak up for themselves. And, and kind of gaslighting Gene Kelly that like, we're in love, we're getting married, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> Uh, well, what do you want to give this for a chosen family, Jason? I'll give it a 70. 70. I mean, I, I, we've had some fun, but I do agree with Mark that it's pretty low. On <laughs> John's that. coming oh down to earth. <laughs> I'll give it a 35. Okay. 35. <laughs> I think I've waited. I've had some crazy weight. I think I was overly cautious. And then I was like, I can go, go higher. Right <laughs> I picked the wrong categories to go high. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go 17. Give it an average of 40.67, which is six points higher than the princess switch. All right. Our next one, Macabre. How macabre is this movie? The thing that I thought was most macabre, macabre. though, was when they showed the first, like, talking picture. And that guy was, like, black and white. It looked like we couldn't get Vincent Price, so we'll get Julius Tannen, who was like, this is a talking picture. And his teeth were disgusting. And he was right up on that camera. He was kind of dark and macabre. And anytime there's sort of like a huge shift in like an industry, there's something sort of dark and- Well, because jobs are lost, but then jobs are also created. You need a boom operator. A little bit of both, yeah. I guess you just don't have the people who write the title cards as much anymore. No. That yeah. industry took a hit. It really just- that don't... The only thing I wrote down is there's a brief moment where Don meets Kathy and he kind of threatens to rape her. Oh, when he like jumps in her car? And he like leans over her, like he's right. very physically intimidating, which is not cool. No, not wh- especially not while someone's driving. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of casual lines about like we're gonna end up, we're all gonna end up on our asses. Like we're all we're screwed. We're screwed with talkies. Like <laughs> we're gonna have nothing. I, Great some, boogie nights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. VHS is coming. Um, they yeah. don't even know VHS is coming. <laughs> Those idiots. They yeah. think sound is the last thing they have to worry no. about. Wait till forty no. X. Yeah, <laughs> blow your mind. Um, they they play Donald O'Connor and uh, Gene Kelly's like uh, journey through the industry for laughs, but it is you could examine some of those Trying scenes to make sort of macabre. Yeah. They never seem to worry about money, though, or like, where's my next job? Where's my next Nick? You know, I mean, they don't seem like this isn't a very there's not a lot of anxiety in this movie. No, oh, but no. that was also during the studio system. So once you were hired by a studio, you weren't worried about your next job. They were going to give it to you. Right. I'm just that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a very macabre movie at all. Well, but as being the Ricardos taught us, uh, the studio <laughs> system could turn on you at any that's moment. True. This is true. Yeah. Although maybe that was a lie, too, because that movie we learned huh. was full of lies. <laughs> An Aaron Sorkin movie? Yeah. yeah. Factual inaccuracies? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, yeah, macabre. But yeah, I think on the lower end for that. 
Uh, I'll say 20. 20. That sounds good to me. I will say 20 as well. 20. I'm going to go eight. This is a cheerful, bright colored, happy movie. It's singing in the rain. (laughs) (laughs) But there's rain. But you're singing in it. But you've got to get yourself to that point. Well, that's on you. Um, These people got there. Uh, Given an average of 16. All right. Our next category, dramatic lighting. Oh, oh, a ton of it's that just a hundred. <laughs> that might be a hundred. <laughs> I mean, There's yeah, I mean, fun it starts moments. with a movie premiere, that whole yeah. like wooing of Kathy Selden where he's like, and then here's the lights and then the backdrop yes. and then the fan machine. Like it's I mean, it's a musical like they're using Technicolor bright lights all the time. But then for a lot of it is just pretty standard, like studio fare, you know, like the good morning yeah. number is just like we turn on all the lights. It's bright. And that's it. Which is how you had, they need a lot of light. These Technicolor movies, the film was mm-hmm. slow. That's yeah. true. But uh, the Broadway montage thing, there is mm-hmm. that fun moment where all the marquee signs turn on, which will somehow yeah. be inserted into that Duelist movie. That's what they're thinking Victorian about. Era. Like, yeah. they're going to have modern <laughs> dance numbers in this dueling. Well, no, because that, the, the, it, they turned the movie into a movie within a movie. So it's like, these people are making the movie that they've already made that is a flop. So it's very yeah. like Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, it's very Charlie Kaufman yeah. for the time. Yeah. And they do turn on, I like when he turns on the sunset on the soundstage. That was fun. That's yeah. when breaking down the movie magic and saying how it is. This is yeah. how we make the drama. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to give it, Jason? Uh, I'll give it a 95. 95. I will go 97. 97. I'll go 88. Uh, I'll give it an average of 93.33. All right, Jason. The last of the canon categories on a scale of zero to hundred. How likely are you to recommend this to a gay person? Huh? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like I recommend this to everyone. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's very fun. I'd say on a scale of zero to hundred, I'd, I'd go 90. 90. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of those movies where like, even like I, I understand like it's sort of corny in ways and yes some of the acting is a little wooden and flat and but it's a it's such a classic it's so iconic it's something to just like you need to see it to just know the reference and understand what it is so I will give it a hundred a hundred uh I'll give it a 87 why that's so pop- low that's not low that's pretty high 87 <laughs> Well, why 87, Mark? That Broadway montage is so boring. And then also that ballad he sings, and that scene when he is like turning on all those lights. That song is dreadful. Just this it's slow, eight-tonal yeah. ba- ballad. Like that's when I, like musicals of this era with just those songs that are just these mid-lane ballads with not any like strong melodies or hooks. You're just like, yeah, it's all very pleasant and like uh, aural valium. It's just like, yes, it's nice, but it's not moving me in any way emotionally. So there's certain gay people you're like, you will hate that number, avoid singing in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, Hit scene next (laughs) on the DVD. Yeah, just clip. Yeah, just fast forward. You can fast forward some numbers. Um, Given an average of 92.33, which is still, uh, that's about 0.7 points higher than the House of Yes. All right, now we are into the <laughs> wheel category. Spinning wheel. Spinning 
All right, so these are all categories that previous guests have brought in. I put them all on this wheel, which is an app on my phone. You can see right there. So what's going to happen is this. We're going to spin it once. Whatever category randomly pops up, that's how we will judge this movie. Then I will pick a category from the wheel. Then Mark will pick a category for the wheel. And finally, you will come up with a category, which we will add to the wheel to judge this movie and potentially all future movies. Remember that from earlier? Yes. Okay, so here we go. Wheels are spinning. I believe this is a Google plugin. Okay, self-loathing. Self-loathing. Huh. I almost feel like this is anti-self-loathing. No, there's a lot of like, I'm dumb. I, I like Gene Kelly has some moments of like hating himself and thinking. Yeah, but like, those last for like two seconds before his friends like, hey, pick yourself off the heels. We're gonna do a seven-minute number because you were sad for thirty seconds. I think also I think- Donald O'Connor has a bunch of them too. Yeah, Donald Connor has a number of lines where it's like, "Ah, I'm kind of a bum, but I I play the piano. I'm a piece piece of shit. My buddy's the star and he beat me, you know. I think Debbie Reynolds also has the moments of just like not quite believing in herself. I mean, I agree, like no one's slitting their wrists and singing in the rain. (laughs) No, (laughs) just me during that final medley. Uh It's not a medley, it's just a, it's a- (laughs) It's not a medley? Dream sequence. How do you, John, how do you do this show with them? You almost jumped down my throat one time, famously. Yes, tell story. Was, yes, I was a director of a sketch team that Jason was on. And one day he was mistake. He mistook Patty Lapone for Bernadette Peters. And I almost jumped out of my skin. And, and I, <laughs> well, I, I thought it was that you. I had called, um, I referred to a musical's soundtrack as opposed yes. to an original cast, cast recording. recording. No, no, that yeah. is something I have I have learned that. murdered people from, but no, that was not the case for you. I remember you said like, yeah, I was watching uh, Anything Goes with Bernadette Peters and this and then and I was just like, and it was one of those things where like, I didn't say anything, but everyone in the room was like, oh, Jason messed up, but we don't know why. I it, <laughs> And it was, I didn't know about but it honestly, for months to, to or credit, years. To your credit, yeah. it is, it's not the worst mistake to make, but it, it was like a physical, like I changed the temperature of the room. Yeah, I and I didn't know for years, like that's just me, just just like Mr. You didn't tell him right away, John? Oh, I told him right away. He told oh, me right say. away, but it was like I, I was Mr. Magoo and just got, missed getting hit by a car and just smiling and going about my day. <laughs> but there was, after you said a moment where you were like, oh no, I said some, I said the wrong thing real badly, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> That's like going to like a priest and saying like, well, it's not like Jesus died for our sins or anything. <laughs> this is exactly what it's like. Yes. I believe my girlfriend is also corrected. I feel like I've made that mistake again recently. So I haven't <laughs> learned a damn thing. Well, you know, it's better to say uh, Bernadette Peters than, you know, like uh, Cynthia Rothrock. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. At least he's in the arena. Yes, you know exactly. I mean? Yes. No, as I said, yeah. it's really not the worst. For a straight guy, it's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. For you're, 30... you're watching Anything Goes. I really should have given you more credit I, for yeah, that. For... Apparently anything didn't go. It, anything didn't go. For a 36-year-old straight man who lives in California. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty um, good. But in terms of self-loathing, yeah, I, I think this movie's pretty low on that scale. So I guess 25 yeah. out of 100? 25. Yeah, I'll go 23. 23. I'm going to go nine. It's just a chipper, happy movie. Yeah. All right. Given an average of 19. All right, John, the time has come for you to uh, pick a category. What do you got? Uh, Well, I'm going, it's a real softball, but from Chicago, footwork. Footwork. Footwork in this movie. You know, that makes sense. And I think if you do anything less than 100, you're out of your goddamn mind. (laughs) (gasps) It's constant Um, choreography. 
you got tab numbers, all kinds of numbers. It's 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 just amazing. It's yeah. such a great example of like so all the numbers, uh, you know, are just uh, iconic and fun and wonderful. Yeah, I I read a thing that there's an anecdote that Citrice's husband would say he could tell when she had worked with Fred Astaire and he could tell when she worked with uh, Gene Kelly because when she worked with Gene Kelly. He was such a workhorse. She would come home with all these bruises on her legs just from doing take after take after take. Uh, it wasn't the case when she worked with other directors and other performers. <laughs> well, I think like the main difference between Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire is Gene Kelly's choreography and dancing is so much more like athletic and like to the ground. Like the yeah. energy goes to the ground a lot where Fred Astaire, he's more like balletic and he's much Life. more like graceful and just sort of like liquidy and sort of smooth. Floaty. And floaty. floaty. And so like yeah. it's not as like, it's not as earthy and grounded. So I could see how like the the kind of injuries you would get would be very different from working with both of those choreographers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Debbie Reynolds, you can tell she's she's just so, yeah, if you watch The Good Morning, she's like yeah. really working. And, oh, and yeah. he is just like, he may as well be doing it in his sleep. Like he still mm -hmm. looks great, but it's just like second nature for him. Yeah, she said in some biography, autobiography that, they filmed that from like eight in the morning to 11 at night and her feet were bleeding at the end of it, oh, which God. makes total sense. But you know what? Worth it. Worth it. It's iconic <laughs> for the ages. We have it forever. Forever. Thank you for your blood. Now she's <laughs> the real Jesus. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, Jason, what do, you wanna, what do you want to give this for footwork? Um, I'll give it 100. I mean, you don't want John jumping down your throat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Never more. Never more. <laughs> <laughs> We were paying him too. So. <laughs> yeah, right. That, the the goal. Like, yeah, the goal. That's what you were paying me for to keep you I, honest. Well, it was worth it. I mean, it was very good. So you know, that's what we had to put up with. That's fine. Yeah. Put up uh, with. Put up. <laughs> what you had to put up with was more like yeah, that's what you were really you. being paid for. I should have yeah. doubled my rates after that. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so hundred, John. What do you want to give it? I'm giving it a hundred. Wow. As will I. Yay! Great. I mean, uh, so I got a hundred. Great. All right. Uh, the time has come for me to pick a category. Yes, right. Yes, it is. Mark, it's your turn to pick a category. <laughs> what would you like to pick from the wheel? Uh, I'm gonna go with. There was a few I could have sure. chosen. Um, but I'm gonna go with lip syncing for your life. <laughs> okay, that's a great one. This is almost like maybe I don't. I'm sure it's not, but like a very early case of they actually have to explain what lip syncing is. That's true. This is from Can't Stop the Music. There you go. Yeah, I mean, like it saves the movie. Yeah, and ruins another woman's career. <laughs> but if she had been an honest team player, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, because they they definitely could have. It's just like okay, let's just do it for this movie, and then we'll go back to square one for your next movie. We'll find a way around. We'll right, write yeah. you to be a gun. We'll be mom. like, what's what? Yeah, what 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 movie works well for this character as opposed yeah. to this musical? Although, ironically, we should say that some of the musical numbers were actually not Debbie Reynolds. Another woman sang the songs. So wild, yeah. So, Jason, uh, what do you want to give this for lip syncing for your life? For lip syncing for your life, um, I'll give it an eighty because it's such a big part of the movie. It revolves around yeah. just the concept of lip syncing. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it a ninety for that. 90, uh, I'll go 80. Give an average of 83.33. All right, Jason, the time has come for you to come up with a category that we can use to judge how gay singing in the rain is and all other movies when we add it to the wheel. 
Um, okay, well, uh, you know, Mark, you just seem so taken by it one way or another. I, I'm going to go with um, uh, arbitrary uh, scene disconnected. Arbitrary, maybe, let's say arbitrary musical number disconnected <laughs> from the events of the movie. Like arbitrary dream ballets? Like dream ballet. That's a good, yeah, that's a cleaner way of putting this it. This also yeah, technically isn't a dream ballet. But that I'm one part hair. with Sid Charisse with the like thing. It's more like it's more like a, here's a pitch for a, a dream ballet should be like a character like experiencing something or going something. I know I'm splitting hairs here, but it's singing in the rain and I'm who I am. So this is what I'm supposed to do. So yeah, technically it's not a dream ballet, but all right. Well, it's a blue sky musical numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Arbitrary musical numbers. Yeah. I think that's the way to go then. All right. Arbitrary musical numbers. So what would you give singing in the rain then? Well, I mean, if you if you really break down Singing in the Raid, I might give it a higher score because yeah. <laughs> some of the musical numbers are very disconnected from like any the of most that. tenuous like, excuse yeah. to get into singing a song. Yeah, the diction, the diction musical number, they're they're both very charismatic. But like, even as a kid, I was like, mm, this song's kind of annoying. Like, it's like I like this, but also <laughs> this is kind I of think annoying. I do think like a lot of the numbers kind of were like. We could have cut a minute off of this. Like they were like, here's every prop in the room. Let's dance with all of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the um the Broadway melody sequence. He knocks on doors in those goofy glasses and his yeah. little <laughs> carpet bag for a while. Like yeah. you could clip that a that. little bit. There's also, I mean, like the whole, I mean, I love it, but that dress parade that happens in the middle of it, like we didn't need this number. I like that I'm so more glad than they the had Broadway it, thing at But the you end. didn't. But if you cut it, you wouldn't be like, I don't understand what's happening right now. Right, exactly. Yeah, that could have been as quick as when he walks through the four silent movies being made at yeah. once. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, would you give this for arbitrary musical numbers, Jason? I, well, I'll give it a 75. 75. <laughs> I'll give it a 93. 93? <laughs> you think they're mostly arbitrary? No, I think that I think they're the, but the numbers are so great. Like I don't want to cut them, but yes, they are there. There definitely are numbers where you're like, we don't need this, but thank God you're doing it. Thank God something's happening. <laughs> I'll give it an 88, get an average of 85.33. All right, now we're into the bonus categories. Extra, extra. All right, so these categories, as the name implies, are bonus. So we're scoring them from zero to 10, and this will just be percentage bonus points the movie gets. So if it doesn't do well in any of these categories, it's not going to work against the film overall. Okay. All right, the first one is, how good are the songs? How good is this music, Jason? Uh, I'd give it a 10. I mean, a I 10. think they, I'd give it a 10. I love these songs. I, I think the original songs are very good. And I think they had like decades of MGM movie musicals <laughs> and nothing but time to go through and pick out like the best ones. Yeah, they got like the hits. They got the hits. And uh, they still included You Were Meant For Me. That I, song well, sucks. I'm going to say it. <laughs> uh, do you wow. have that added to any playlist? That song? Do you ever choose to just listen to that song? I, I, I understand what you're saying is that like as a song, as a standalone song, it might not be great, but I do think it works great within the context of the movie. But the category is how good are the song? And also answer my question. Have you ever chosen to listen to that song on its own? Uh, I have not chosen to listen to it. Thank if it you. shows up on a, on a shuffle, that wasn't I don't what stay. I asked. That well, wasn't I'm, what I asked. Well, this is what I'm answering. <laughs> Um, I also thought that one, that beautiful girls like montage thing, it sounded like a girls talk song. Like there's just so much happening at the same time of like, mm. oh, that feels like a piece from this song, then a piece from this song. And it was like, oh, mm. it was very, it had a crazy uh, manic energy. That was fun, I thought. 
Yeah, I, I think you are my lucky star. It's significantly better than you were meant for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will also give it a 10. A 10, two 10s. Uh, I'll give it a six. A six? I like singing in the rain. I like fit as a fiddle. You don't like good morning? I like good morning. Uh, but none of these songs, I like them when I watch the movie. I'm never going to like seek them out. After the well, fact, it's not about like how much are you seeking out. But the that's song. how I think when I, well, that's how I think of how good a, a ten would be me seeking out the song. Like they're so good, I'm gonna look. I want to listen to them later. All right. Right. Okay. If that's how you want to think about it, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a <laughs> legitimate way to think of that. Uh, given it, hey, I'm eight point six seven, which is one point lower than waiting to exhale. But you know, they had a brandy. Yeah. All right. Our next category: queer menace. Queer okay. menace. I didn't write anything down. I mean, do we think Maybe. sound talkies? But it's kind of like they embrace it, though. You know what I mean? But it's sort of like they're threatened by it. What is this category? Nor is is like <laughs> the is bad Bride guy who's coded queer. Where, well, this is from Bride of Frankenstein, where it's like this crazy energy like comes and threatens a town. Sort of. Okay. Like Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, scored very well in this category. Hmm. Well, I. I mean, if you think about it as like the the east coast like broadway world is coming to threaten the the movies the the wholesome movies of los angeles oh people are always complaining about movies in this country being the devil's work so i don't know or also maybe like lena lamont like there's something sort of draggy about her as a character yeah. and she's sort of yeah. a menace but we don't and part of the menace though is like you like her or you're but, rooting for her. But we're sort of enjoying Lena Lamont. We were, but we're not rooting for her to win. We like seeing her get her comeuppance. You don't like seeing a queer men is getting their comeuppance. You want them to win and like desolate the, burn the town to the ground. Right. Mm. Well, you want the talkies to happen, you know? <laughs> That's true. I mean, you, you know they happen because you're walking, a, you're watching, <laughs> you're watching a, talkie. a talkie. Yeah. Yeah. So. I want stripes to be made at some point. At some point, sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I guess I'd go with a four out of 10. A four. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll go four as well. Four. Yeah, I'll go four. Why not? Give an average of four. All right, our next one. Character actress makes a big swing. I mean, Lena Lamont. Lena Lamont, Jean yeah. Hagen. I was thinking about like, that's hard to like, I mean, maybe I do this all the time. It's hard to sound annoying without actually being annoying. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it could have been shrill. It could have been like unpleasant to the ear, but it, right. it's just like, oh, I get why her voice is like bad, but it's also funny and like. Well, I think part character. of what is smart about it is that she says funny things. Yes. So it's not you're just like, oh, stop talking. Yeah. Like keep saying ridiculous things with your weird. I'm worth voice. more than Calvin Coolidge put together. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what do you think? Like dumb as something? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. It seems like a very fun part to play. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In some ways, the most fun part, I would say. And she's not do all that crazy dance. Her feet were exactly yeah. at the end of the night. <laughs> she's not icing her ankles when she no, goes home. No, she's going home smoking a <laughs> joint and uh, talking about communists, probably. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> probably. What is the category again? Remind me. I forgot. Character <laughs> actress makes a big swing. Got it. Okay. Uh, I guess eight out of 10. Eight. I'll go nine because also I'm going to give some points to both uh, Rita Moreno and Kathleen Freeman. I'll give it an eight, given an average of 8.33. All right, our next category, witches. How witchy is this movie? 
Hmm. Not very witchy. Yeah, not the really only thing witchy. I thought was Kathy bursting from a cake had something like a woman in a cake. Someone has been of summoned. Feels, right. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, putting a woman in a cake feels kind of a witchy thing. Baking it's very Hansel and Gretel. We've baked Very Hansel cake. and Gretel. Opening up the vitch where she's grinding a baby up. There you go. Cooking ingredients. Um, but overall, I do not think this is a very witchy movie. No. no. I guess like a one out of 10. You're very generous. I will give it a, I'm going to give it a three actually. Cause I also think that like Kathleen Freeman is sort of like telling her how to like cast spells. Lena Lamont's kind of a witchy character. I'll give it how a is she witchy? Just cause she's like evil and nasty. And she's like, you will do what I want. Surrender Dorothy and all that, you know. Uh, um, she, everyone's very threatened by her. Every mm-hmm. time she says, uh, I'll give it a one, giving it a 1.67. All right, next category. This one might be tough. Gay actors playing gay roles. I, yeah, that's also pretty low. The only one that I thought was the diction coach, Bobby yes. Watson. I looked him up and he was not married. But he was the, also, go, oh, do you have more? Go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say he was often, but not exclusively cast as effeminate or unathletic characters. Yes. And get this, he played Hitler nine times, <laughs> including yeah. the films Hitler, Dead or Alive, Nazi Nuisance, The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, and The Hitler Gang. And also Kathleen Freeman is a lesbian. <laughs> so there's not nothing. Who did Kathleen Freeman play? She the was gossip? the female, the female uh, vocal coach. Oh, well... The vocal coaches. The vocal coaches. But they weren't ex- explicitly like gay is the only problem. I think there were as gay as you could be in the 50s in cinema. Especially There's him. gayer people back then. I'm sure people back then were gayer, but in films. <laughs> Vincent Price? Like a Vincent Price character comes off gayer than the vocal coaches. Well, Vincent Price has more time. <laughs> sure. And more to do than just say Moses supposes his toes are rosa. But he gets very excited with every tongue twister he's asked to do. Yeah. Who wouldn't? <laughs> uh, uh, one of the movies, I'm sorry, I just looked up. One of the movies Bobby Watson played Hitler in is called The Hitler Gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, be- of, a lot of little parts and like partially scripted, partially documentary. Anti- the Hitler Gang looked like yeah. a movie. It was like an inside look at like Goebbels and like all those guys but yeah. it was like dramatic recreate and you'd go see this in a movie like basically like a, a history documentary a history channel doc but mm-hmm. in the theaters oh yeah dads had to watch something back then dads yeah. they gotta <laughs> get out of the house yeah uh I guess a three out of ten then three yeah I will give it a three as well I will also give it a three now we're having fun um give it an average of three all right our next one themes of mothers huh this one's tough i didn't the only thing i said it did make me think about uh debbie reynolds and carrie fisher's relationship just in terms of like oh like coming up like uh debbie reynolds like you had to be coming she grew up in a time in the industry where you had to be perfect where you had like she was like her feet were bleeding you know she was like disciplined couldn't complain right and then her daughter is like this wild child you know what i mean it just didn't like gave me kind of maybe more insight into their relationship which i appreciated sure maybe you want to watch postcard from the edge or that wonderful HBO documentary about the That's two of them in like their later years. Mm-hmm. I, I made me think of the, um, there's a shot in the uh, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas adaptation where they get kicked out of Debbie Reynolds' Vegas, <laughs> Vegas residency. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're playing like, uh, you know, 
Debbie Reynolds recording. You just kind of hear it muffled through like <laughs> the door and then the open door just for a second when they get kicked out. You don't see a Debbie Reynolds. They no, you her. don't see a devil. No, no. I guess a one in terms of motherly. Mother. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll give it a one as well. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a one. All right. Uh, next one. Drink. Give it an average of one. All right. Next one. Drinks thrown in faces. Well, we got a cake thrown in a face. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We got the that's cake. more like accident. Was, you know what I mean? Like, didn't someone well, jump out of the way? No, no. She meant to throw it in someone's face, though. Like, right. It was still the the recipient of the cake was not intended, oh. but the, the action itself it wasn't like someone tripped and fell on a drink ended up in someone's face. I hate or in this case, happens. a cake. Yeah. So I think we got that. They yeah. don't do cakes and faces anymore. It's just so it's just the the setting up again to have to do it. It just takes so much. <laughs> Still, funny. Up, the costume, Still funny. The Still funny that Cheers Thanksgiving episode. I watched that uh, this last Thanksgiving <laughs> when they have a food fight. Mm-hmm. I used to hate like it, when I would watch like think people or like movies where kids have food fight. It would like make me nervous. Really? Like, I always like I want to be in one to see what that's like. I don't want to be. I want to be in one if I'm like I don't want to get messy. You want to watch one from the side. I don't even want to watch one because then I'm just picturing myself in it. And I'm like, I don't want to get if I'm wearing, I have to have a change of clothes. Then you have to are these clothes ruined? Like did I mustard on my jeans forever. They fizzled out so quickly. Like if, if someone threw food at my school cafeteria and maybe someone responded and that seemed to be it. Like there was never more than two or three volumes. There was no right, like yeah. passion. Movies, it wasn't it's like a, once oh. one thing is thrown, suddenly everyone's got something locked and loaded and it's chaos. Yeah. And I just remember being a kid going like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I don't want to no. deal with the ramifications of this. There's no eat my tater tots. Yeah. There's no upside of this. Now, John, you have a large family. Did you guys ever throw food at each other around the no, table? No, we're too busy eating it. Singing. Oh. <laughs> Singing. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't part of the choreography. Uh, so what do you want to give this for drinks thrown in faces, Jason? Um, I'll give it a three just from the cake sequence. Three for the cake. I'll yeah. give it a five. Five for the cake, cake, and just other things that feel like drinks that have the, the spirit and the energy. Any you want to mention any specifics you could mention? I think you could say even like the raising of the curtain while she's singing. That's sort of like a ha. Like that's a, a drink like behind a your back. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they the get pulled off by, exactly. by canes when they're doing yeah. vaudeville. They get yanked off by canes. In a way, they're throwing it in your face. No, I'm going to go up to six career. now. I'm going to go up to six. And I'll go to four. Thank you. Um, I'm going three. You were right the first time, Jason. All right. Well. <laughs> All right. The last of the bonus categories, quips. How quippy is this movie? I think it's pretty quippy. Pretty quippy. Yeah. Donald O'Connor is is. Donald like Connors like rat a tat tat. They got the hecklers yeah. at all the screenings. You They're got funny. Lena Lamont. They call someone a pancake at one point. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a quip. That's a good. The funniest quip. line I wrote was, "I can't make love to a bush." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why we didn't mention her for actual gay characters? I don't know. Or no, <laughs> she would be. That's straight. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm so used to thinking in homonormative uh, terms. You got to hey. show a movie at a party. It's Hollywood law. I, I'll yeah. mess up the exchange, but the back and forth when they say Donald O'Connor is going to be the head of music at the talkie division. And he goes, or, or no, he says like, oh, I've lost my job. I'm out of a job. Uh, I'm ruined. I'll, I'll finally write that symphony. 
And then they go, you're the head of music, the music department now. And they're like, oh, great. New job. I finally have time to write that symphony. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty snappy. Uh, Comden and Green, they knew how to like write some snappy dialogue. You got to give yeah. it to them. Uh, I'll give it an eight. Eight. I'm going to give it a 10. 10. Some of the best quips you've ever, the highest you've ever given anything. <laughs> anything ever. Anything? Yeah, quips. And quips, that's the highest score you've okay. given. Anything in quips. I'll give it a six. A six. I just don't think it's that. I don't know. It's just kind of. You've given like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies higher and quips than that. Yeah, those resonate with me more. They give the people air. Give the people air. Lena Lamont. What do you think? I'm dumb or something? I make more money than Calvin Coolidge put together. I've only heard it for the first time last year. It's like, what do you want from me? I grew uh, up watching Total Recall on mm-hmm. repeats. Gotcha. It's ingrained and I'm- This movie I'm, has to suffer from your ignorance. Okay. It's suffering. <laughs> Singing in the Rain is suffering. Yes. Singing in the Rain is being torn out of uh-huh, Hollywood Mount Rushmore yep. because I'm giving it mm-hmm. a six in quips. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't know I carried such power. <laughs> I got to start being careful. Hey, it's all got yeah. an average of eight. Which is 1.33 points lower than Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Which, there. I gave that a 10, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Okay. Uh, All right. Now we are into the iconic category. So these categories are sort of the larger, more broader umbrella categories. So we're going from zero to 200 for these categories. Oh, okay. All right, the first one, homoeroticism. How homoerotic is Singing in the Rain? Huh, out of 200, I, I don't think it's, yeah, it's I don't know. Low. Yeah. The only thing I like uh, that uh, tickled my uh, tape mm-hmm. was um, <laughs> okay. the guys who lift Donald O'Connor on the two by four and make them laugh. Okay. Okay. Sure. That was like probably a little bit of like a group scene kind of energy, sure, you sure. know, a little, you know. I just walked in on two guys refurnishing my floors, and the mm-hmm. next thing you know, someone brought up polished, someone's getting polished. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but other than that, I do not think it's a very homoerotic movie. Yeah, yeah I agree. I guess out of 200, uh, 25. 25. Yeah, I'll go 30. 30. I don't know, I'll go eight, which is twice the score I gave Waiting to Exhale. Okay. Uh, but I got a 21 in homoeroticism. All right, our next one, drag queen inspiration. Could a drag queen watch this movie and come away with a whole book of ideas? Oh, I mean, yeah. I think so. Between Sid Charisse and Lena Lamont. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just, there's a costume parade in the middle of the of the, of the the movie. Yeah. You could do a whole show. You could do a whole set. You just change into every costume. <laughs> yeah. You could do several runway challenges. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of movie. the fashion show in The, the Women. Women. Yeah. But like in this way, they're not selling the outfits. It's just like, here's a bunch of looks that women could have (laughs) with couplets. Right. Yeah. I really like the woman coming out in that spider web glitter gown. Oh, that was was very vampy. Yeah, I I think all the all the costumes are just insane and out of this world. And just the whole lip syncing of it all is Mm -hmm. pretty. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. The the full chorus, the, the girls at the party doing all I do is dream of you. Right. Um, An candy. outfit designed to throw confetti. Like yeah. it is designed so you have a little <laughs> confetti holder. REI should get on this, I think, yeah. if they want to appeal to a wider, gayer audience. Yeah. Confetti pockets. That's the future. Forget camelbacks and NFTs. <laughs> it's all about confetti pockets. I mean, you could even like do 
uh, the the yellow raincoats from the opening. Absolutely, Absolutely yeah. The or the yellow raincoat and the two so, a totally other outfit. You it know? goes into mm-hmm. singing in the rain into rain on me, Lady Gaga, into, Ariana Grande. Oh sure, Rainy yeah. Man into. Um, John, you're getting so old fashioned in your old oh, age. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow, you mentioned Ariana Grande. You're so hip. <laughs> but speaking of Rain and Man, that reminded me of Martha Wash, who oh. was in the Weather Girls, because I went down a lip syncing wormhole because I remembered, oh, who was there was that CNC music factory, like gonna make them sweat to the bleed when the video was out and they had like and singing the female, the Martha Wash part, oh, but yeah. it wasn't Martha Wash, it was a model. So Martha Wash threatened to sue them, like, hey, that's my voice. And you're like yeah. sc- giving it to the, this other woman. So they uh, MTV, when they re-aired it, it would have to say visualized by, vocals <laughs> by Martha Wash, visualized by the model's name. Funny. Uh, I think that's probably the only time that's happened. So what do you want to give this for a drag queen inspiration, Jason? Out of 200, I what's usually pretty high, I guess like 180. Is that yeah. pretty high? Yeah, I'd say that's high. I'm yeah. going to go 200. I just think like all of the costumes are like a great, very like specific out there elevated look. Have Has any drag queen ever done like a cartoonishly large ascot? Like an old timey, uh, sure. like an ascot that is just an ass what? Like a ten foot, yeah, <laughs> ten foot ascot. Then maybe more a drag king would do that. I think an ascot, Perhaps, right? Yeah. Okay, but, I see. Yeah, but uh, over the top scarf. Uh, you can't get out of yeah, a drag show like... without seeing an over the top scarf, <laughs> sure, especially yeah. in New England. Uh, I'll give it a one ninety. Give it an average of one ninety. There you go. All right, right, finally, camp factor. How campy is singing in the rain? Okay, so I don't, I feel like uh, my my theories on camp are that- uh, We would love to not, hear them. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> that it's it's really not my place. It's not my place. Oh. I love it. I love it. I don't, uh, I don't think I can generate it. Um, I think the MGM, I think street people- You're doing, on a podcast yeah, about yeah. devoted to theme parks. You can yeah. do camp. <laughs> yeah, you can talk. Okay. All right. Well, I don't want to take too much credit in that respect because yeah, I don't I don't know that it's my place. Um, but I I think if you're talking about street people generated camp, I think like mm. early days of new V musicals where they're like, it's one of the biggest genres going and they're just throwing money at it. There's very minimal special effects. So there's just dozens, if not hundreds of performers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Um, I I think you do end up uh, uh, with camp, and especially in this where it's just like so slapsticky and stuff. Stuff starts to move very fast in certain elements mm. in this movie. Yeah, I think there's a ton of camp stuff in here. There's a whole like when they're like, "We're going to do a talking picture," and then there's like a montage of like talking picture stuff where it's like, "Here's just legs. Here's like just a big person like coming in on a megaphone and talking." Like, I think that wardrobe is campy. I think that like <laughs> the end of the number Moses supposes where they're just like, you could tell that they're like, "How do we end this number? What if we just throw every prop in the room on top of the <laughs> vocal director and then like pick up a poster and sing the letter A?" Like it's just I think to me camp is like what is like really happening and like the effort and is like sort of like disconnected somehow whether it be like intentional or not so there's like mommy dearest where like she's so intense and it's so crazy that it's campy but then there's also like John Waters where they're like 
you know, like you're going to throw over a Christmas tree because you're going to get cha-cha heels. Like to me, like that's how like they're all, they're all camp. And I feel like this movie has a lot of that too. Where it's just like, I don't know, this is ridiculous. Let's just commit to it, even though it doesn't make sense. And even though I think like, yes, in Singing in the Rain, they're probably more like in control of it as opposed to like, don't realize how how much they're missing the mark. I still think it's camping. Yeah, I think the the Warner Brothers thread of like early movie music, all the Busby Berkeley, uh, Footlight Parade and Mm -hmm. then 42nd Street, really goes wild with like commitment to like insane stuff. Well, how about you, Mark? What do you what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, uh, what a segue. Uh, I got a quick list of campy things I noticed in Singing in the Rain. Uh, so here we go. Uh, giving you titular Singing in the Rain right off the bat. A movie called The Royal Rascal. Hollywood <laughs> entertainment reporters being compared to bacon and eggs. Having a motto to live by. Children dancing for pennies in a pool hall. Having the gall to suggest that Hollywood stars are full of shit. Bickering with a woman who just saved your life. Demonstrating a sound movie at a party truly was the passing around the Oculus Quest of the day. Make them laugh. Not since being the Ricardos has making comedy look this exhausting. <laughs> Anytime newspaper fly towards the screen. Finding a girl so beautiful you have to call a preacher. Noisy pearls. A Hollywood movie premiere going disastrously wrong because this is the first time the studio had seen the movie? Having a great time doing a heavily choreographed dance with your girlfriend and best friend. Movie rain. Normalizing water sports. And finally, publicly humiliating a rude actress. I think it's pretty campy. Pretty campy. I mean, also like Lena Lamont herself. I mean, that's pure camp. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Jason? Zero to two hundred. I'll go 190. 190. I will go 190 as well. 190. Uh, I'll go 160. Given an average of 180, which is pretty nice. good, which is 2.33 points lower than Gremlins 2, the new batch. Oh, wow. That's a little crazy. Yeah. I don't know. That has a female Grim. That has a Busby Berkeley style uh, dance Indeed, number. Right. It does. I mean, yeah. The and lady- John Glover. Yeah, the lady gremlin alone in that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Clamp fans. She's no, he's no Lena Lamont. All right, finally, Jason, we're into the crown jewel. So these categories, we don't rate. We just say whether we get it, we gets the bonus or not. Okay. All right. The first one, a fifteen percent bonus for a positive portrayal of homosexuality. Huh. I I don't think it does. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's don't much think so portrayal either. of. Yeah, it's no. not much negative, of any sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nope. So it doesn't get. And finally, negative 50% of all the points if this is the movie Boat Trip. This is not it the is movie Boat Trip. Not the movie Boat Trip, no. as, as far as I could tell. So it will not lose 50% of its points. <laughs> Jason, you are correct. It is not the movie Boat Trip. Uh, your instincts were right. All right, that's it. We're done. We've gone through it all. So now, Jason, do you still think it's going to end up on the lower end of the scale? Um, I don't know. It came in pretty high in some categories. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think, you know, you, you guys have done a number of more like kind of, uh, tame big budget action movies. And I think it might climb above those. All right. All right. Let's find out. So out of a total possible 2,494.26 points, Singing in the Rain has scored 1,761.59, giving it a percentage of 70.63, making it the 46th gayest movie ever. Not as gay as Total Recall, but gayer than Face Off. So it is right Mm. between the two Hollywood action-y blockbusters. There you go. 
Hmm. I think if uh, Sigurd Ring had more homoerotic, I think the homoerotic yeah, is, is really yeah, hurt. worked against it. That's a, yeah, it's but painful. that's one of the three core things. And uh, agree, yeah. Gene Kelly seemed to be very defensive about being considered a homosexual, <laughs> and you can tell in his work. <laughs> sure. <laughs> We got an email from someone. Do you want to hang out and listen to that? And with sure. Us? Yeah. Okay. This comes from uh, a, a frequent emailer, a uh, listener, Tommy. Uh, and Tommy says, hello, Tommy from Disney here, just finishing the Tremors episode and couldn't help but notice you missed a very important gay fact. Please. B.B. Besh as Megan, the doctor's wife who gets trapped into the car, was part of two major gay entertainment offerings. Oddly enough, both were in 1989. First from the classic film, Steel Magnolias, she was Belle Marmillion, Olympia Dukakis' daughter or daughter-in-law, it's never specified, and tells her daughter, Nancy Beth, calories, calories. Also another gay standard, the Golden Girls, RIP Betty White. She was Thank quickly you. and justifiably angered, uh, and justifiably angered wife to Dr. Bud in the episode, Sick and Tired Part Two, when Dorothy is diagnosed with chronic yes. fatigue syndrome. Her famous line in that one is, shut up, Lewis. And I included, include a <laughs> photo collage that we're more than welcome to use. And as always, I love the show and it's made me watch so many more movies I would never have. And for that, I'm eternally grateful, except for all I want is Christmas slash Ira Finkelstein's Christmas slash Swissmas. Someone owes me big time. Have a wonderful new year and can't wait to laugh my butt off listening to you and your future guests. Sincerely, Tommy. Wow. Well, thank you, Tommy. We missed that one. Missed that one. I guess we have to rescore Tremors. <laughs> It'll be even higher, John. You'll be time for a, yet another <laughs> Tremors rewatch, as we all do constantly. I have been watching a lot of Golden Girls lately, though, just because oh, yeah. you know we've been locked down, so it's just been like cozy time, and it's very mm -hmm. comforting. And sure. I'm not—I'm in season three right now. I'm just watching them in order, like letting it sure. go, letting it wash uh -huh. over me. But I remember the chronic fatigue syndrome two-parter, which right. they don't call chronic fatigue syndrome anymore. There's a new name for it, but that okay. happened because Susan Harris, the creator of the show went through that she had chronic fatigue syndrome and doctors were gaslighting her saying you're crazy you don't have this this isn't <laughs> happening and then the climactic scene in golden girls she sees the doctor uh who once dismissed her and tells him off and that's why Good the wife her. says let her go shut up harold or whatever Lewis. anyways jason i got to talk <laughs> about golden girls jason you're a delightful a human treat. i think you have a good grasp of camp Oh, thanks. Is there anything you like to plug, promote, or chill for at this time? Oh, you can listen to podcast The Ride wherever you get your podcast. I must uh, listen. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. You like research? You oh, gotta listen to podcast The Ride. The research. I, uh, yeah. Look, we we try to go easy on ourselves sometimes on the research, but I can't help myself. <laughs> I um, loved your guys' run through all of downtown. That was one of my favorite things. You ever oh my did. god! Just the background <laughs> on every you. store. <laughs> And it was I like, know because you could tell that you were all slowly descending into madness. It was great. Uh, as it was there, there was one day where we recorded like four or five episodes and we God. almost killed each other. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And you can also check out podcast, the ride, the second gate, um, which is on patreon.com podcast uh, slash podcast, the ride. That is where we cover uh, smaller or weirder rides or our own pet interests, like the late shift, the movie. Uh, about the war uh, oh. for Johnny Carson's uh, seat on the Tonight Show. Um, wow. So that's where that's we follow our interests. Yeah, <laughs> and, and have a little fun. Amazing. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Old Queens, TWO Old Queens. Follow me on Letterboxd where I maintain the current movie rankings. Yes, yeah, so you can email us at Two Old Queens, TWO Old Queens at gmail.com. Let us know what we got wrong. We love finding out where we messed up and what we missed. Please let us know. 
And we got a Patreon too, you That's know. That's true. Patreon.com slash two old queens, the retirement plan, where you get an extra episode every other week. Yep. That's how it works. The That's weeks we don't have a regular feed episode, then you would get a Patreon episode. <laughs> All right. So you get four a month if you get the Patreon. Does that make sense? I think yeah. we got it. Yeah. We think God. we got it. People get it. Uh, also, if you have a chance, if you could go over to iTunes and rate us five stars and uh, write a little review, it helps the algorithm helps people find the show and spread the word out. And we really appreciate it. Uh, and that's it. Finally, right? we got merch. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> also, we got merch. If you go to Tool, T Public and search for Tool Queens, there's a lot of fun stuff you can buy for yourself and your loved ones. And a percentage of all the profits goes to the Okra Project. So you're not just buying merch, you are helping people out. And that's it from us. That's we're it. all, we're done. Stay safe, everybody. We'll, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Now it's time for credits. We got music by Danny Cohen. Artwork by Conrad Shin. And special thanks to Alex Archer and Mike Rennie. Bye. Bye. We didn't get that right. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.